You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Have you the ticket? Have you got that ticket with these numbers? Listen carefully. 1, 5, 10, 15, 44, 47. We mentioned it yesterday on the show that that was the winning lotto ticket on Wednesday night for a jackpot of 3.5 million. And it has been revealed today that the ticket was sold at Arthur's Shop on the Newry Road in Dundalk. And you can only imagine what the atmosphere is like in the shop today. Who bought the ticket? Who has it? Anyone got an idea? Anyway, our Michael Lavery from the news team popped down a little earlier and caught up with a very happy Bobby Arthur. Bobby, brilliant win. How do you feel to be the store that sold the one ticket? It's great. It's a happy day for the hope that makes the people happy. It certainly made us happy, so... Yeah, good, good day. A great buzz about the place this morning oh, as found out last night. Yeah, well, I only found out this morning. I, I was told I had to be here and I wasn't told why. <laughs> Brilliant. And you, this is this your shop? It, it was originally. We're told it's running it now, so it's part of the family. And has been for, what, she's the fifth generation now, so... Brilliant. And just had another big win last month on a scratch card. On a scratch card, 75,000, yeah. yeah it's a bit of a lucky put, charm. Puts this into a... Puts it into the shade, I suppose, when you think of it, 75,000. Yeah, and there'll be a great bonus for the shop as well. You'll get a sum of money from it yourselves. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is now, but... The, the, 15, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, well, I, I, I won't see any of that, but... For me, it's the, the, the community reaction is, is unreal around here this morning. Yeah, everybody's happy, so have it makes check, a good day. Have you checked your own tickets? Uh, I made the mistake I didn't buy one. <laughs> so, Brilliant. very hard to win the lottery when you don't. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not in, you can't win, Bobby. Anyway, you're in for a nice little pay that day. It's five generations of the shop. 75 grand on a scratch card. My God almighty, that's luck indeed Arthur's is enjoying. Uh, also, when he was down there, he had a word with Sarah Orr from the National Lottery. But first, Clodagh Duffy over the moon as well. Unbelievable. There has just been so much energy. We've had so many congratulations. Uh, my phone is hopping. The customers are coming in and out. They're hopping. They're checking their lotto tickets. <laughs> so it's just so. wonderful. The winner hasn't come forward just yet. So we are still saying to people, make sure to check those tickets. Um, so, you know, the first thing to do if the winner, if, you know, when they realise that they have the tickets, they need to sign the back of it and keep it safe and just make contact with our prize claims team on either 1800 666 222 or else they can email claims at lottery and of course we'll make arrangements and the champagne will be waiting for them in the winner's room and we'll have them in as soon as possible um, and you know they can collect their life changing check then Yes, Sarah Orr there from the National Lottery and uh, Clodagh Duffy as well. You can just hear, can't you, Louise? It's palpable, the excitement in the background there. Like to sell a winning ticket. And on a Friday as well, wow. Yes, yes. Uh, Whispers and the usual uh, at the minute. Did did you play Wednesday night? You play online, don't you? You play the game No, I don't play online anymore. Do you not? No, they they, they, had to. I know, but then they asked for, um, you have to download ID and I didn't like downloading ID, so... No. Okay, so you don't. It's they only, don't ask you for ID when you walk into a shop. No, to lotto, they don't. So, so you'd buy a, a ticket now and again. Yeah. Would you, if you're in now a shop, and again. Yeah, and, I think of it. Yeah, and I'm sort of like that now. I had a set of numbers that I always did. Haven't been doing them in years. Gone for the quick picks, and I'm like that. I sort of the if I'm walking by when there's tickets on sale, I'll, I'll get it. Or if I hear mm. the jackpot's getting anyway big, but I'm not. You know, I'm not online. I'm not registered to play. I don't play all of the time. Uh, to be honest but with do you, you know? do you have like you said? Do you have a set of numbers that you do play? I I used to, but right. I don't anymore. I just oh. go quick picks now. Oh, yeah. I would you not be picks. sick if your numbers came I, up then? Well, I'll tell you one night. This is no joke. I ain't telling you a word of a lie. The first four of my numbers, <laughs> one, four, seven, nine, came up. I looked at the the mm. winning lap, but then the other two weren't. Thank God. Oh, I want one, four, and nine as well. Are you in the ones I do? There yeah. you go. There you go. We'll make a pact. Yeah, we don't have seven. Yeah. We don't have seven. Yeah, we'll make a pact, all right? Uh, a, a pact. If you win, it's uh, shared. And if I win, I'll keep it. No, no, I wouldn't <laughs> do that. I, I, I know where you I, live. I, I know you do. That's right. Be afraid of uh, <laughs> Anyways, just thinking, whoever has it, there'll be great celebrations and the champagne mm. corks will pop and there'll be great luck joy and merry. good luck to them. But, you know, what we're going to talk about for the next while really ties in with the champagne corks and the celebration because we're going to talk folks for a little while on late lunch about the foods of yesteryear and when you talk about champagne or wine maybe to celebrate mm. or whatever uh, it wouldn't be Piet Dor would it or Leaf from Elsh. Leaf from Elsh. <laughs> We've moved on from all that type yeah. of stuff haven't we? Was there much champagne I wonder like 30, 40 years ago? 
Ah, there was some on some special occasions. Small but, bottles. Yeah, and, and that was it, to be honest with you. You see, two things have prompted our chat about this today because yesterday, the Central Statistics Office, you were looking at this, Louise, mm-hmm. their basket of goods and services, they revi- revi- revise it, shall I say, every five years because that feeds into the Consumer Price Index and uh, it changes every five years. And we were looking and you were looking at things that have gone from that and others that have been included. And let me tell you, Louise has a little red book. It's not another Chinese little red book, Mao or anything like that. <sighs> it's from her dad's shop, isn't oh, it? The I found it the book. other day. Yes. 1987. Ah. Stock take book. <laughs> Folks, 87. Nobody does stock takes anymore, who, really, like, you no, know, manually. No. Who did Who did the stock take in, uh, in that book? Your dad? Well, my dad, I know his writing at the back of it and I say it's one of my sister's would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, you know, which of them? Do you know? Which no idea, them? but it's very okay, neat. Okay, one of them as well. And we were looking at the different foods that the stock taking uh, mentioned. And it's all handwritten, really neatly handwritten mm-hmm. into this lovely little book. Throw a few of them out there at the listeners. Things that Some you, unusual ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Caviar. Imagine caviar in Navan in 1987. <laughs> it sets you back one euro or one pound. 49 pence for a jar of it. Expensive. Or a tin of snails if you really won the lottery. Had he snails? He had escargot, yeah. Had he really? Yeah, from France. Oh my God. 6.91 for the tin and then there was a tube, a clear tube out of the tin full of the um, shells. Yeah. So six, £6.91. £6.91, which is a lot. That was now probably. mega bucks back then when you talk of it. Mm. What, what else? Did, did you mention, if you hear a little beep in the background, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> She's beeping today. I'm beeping. She's beeping all over the place. <laughs> Tell them why you're beeping. I am attached to a, a blood pressure monitor. <laughs> So it'll go off every now and then. I'm not going to explode. It'll just. I, I have it on. I'm every- not a microwave. <laughs> I have it on every day here, but you never hear. It. No, I'm only joking. Anyway, if you hear the little beeps, that that's what it is. But going through that little book of yours, mm. there a few things really popped out. Um, when we see now, hold on. I want to. Uh, yeah, let's do this one first because this is on the list. And you know what? We've um, we've something for you to listen to that might uh, jog your Mm. memory or bring it back. Will you play the first one there? Let's have a listen to this one. It's Foods of Yesteryear. Here we go. When you're making pastry, trust cooking to rub in straight from the fridge to help you make perfect pastry every time. Cooking for the sort of pastry that never fails to give the family a lift. Give them a lift with cooking. I was going to sing it there, but I decided after January to lay off. That certainly, you know, that little tune, that little jingle. And would you believe it already? Uh, you've been listening, obviously, uh, to our uh, promos today on the station. What's coming up on the show? Paddy's been on to say, Jerry, I just heard you mention cooking there. The Mooney family from Term and Feckin appeared, uh, appeared in one of their ads. What? I wonder is that true? Mm. Well, Paddy's been on to say, give it a lift with cooking. Well, Cook- what was it? Was it kind of like a lard? Yeah, it was like margarine, if you right. like to say. You know, it was obviously manufactured cooking, mm. a manufactured thing. And I can remember my mother using it. It was white and in a white, I think, a blue packet. And she crumbled it up with the flour. Do you know what I mean? When she was making mm-hmm. pastry or that as well. And I, I, I presume... I think I'm right. You could fry in it. I presume if it's a if it's a lard that type of thing, you could fry in it as well as well as a cooking it. with it. Yeah. yeah, and baking with it as well. I remember my mother, one of my sisters, can't remember which one, and she'd kind of cry for, and plead with my mother um, to buy cooking to give her a little lift. Really? Yeah, yeah. She actually thought it would give her a lift. <laughs> she believed the ad. She did. Yeah. Oh my! Oh my! Anyone remember cooking out there? Is it? Did you ever? See, I've been never. I wouldn't see it now. You know, and I keep a good eye in the supermarkets. Have you ever seen cooking lately? It's gone. No, I, I think even, cooking. Yeah, I think it's gone it. now at this stage. It's it's not a thing. Any remember? Anyone remember cooking out there? Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show. That's oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. Now let's let's have a listen to something else. Well, I want to talk about this one. Does this bring back memories? How, put your lend us your ears, folks, for this one. Here we go. Give it, give it, give it a whirl. Topping isn't made from cream, but whisked with milk, it makes desserts taste creamy good. So, give it, give it, give it a whirl. 
they advertise and works. That sticks in your head. I can just remember that as if it was the first time I mm. ever heard it as well. I, I can't <clears> remember. Dream topping. No. Do you know, I remember it and I remember eating as well. I'm sure we thought we were sophisticated when we got the dream topping. I think it was powder in a packet and you added milk or water to it and whisked it up and it was a replacement for such a cream. It had a unique type of flavour. I don't know whether it's about anymore either. Do they still make dream topping? Can, can you still get it? I'm not sure, but it's one of those from yesteryear as well. The other thing your dad, had your dad lard in that book? Yes. Yes, mm. lard. Lard. So lard again was for frying. Or people used to fry their bread in lard. Do you know that? Put the lard in the pan, melt it, and fire the bread in, and fry it, like it on dipping? both sides. No? Oh, no, geez, it tasted, tasted lovely. It tasted lovely. The real chippers cooked their chips in lard. You know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, very tasty. That'd be great for the arteries. Very tasty. Oh, really? Still, was. they don't know that. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> sorry, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your heart monitor, no. <laughs> if it is, you want to bring it back. No, no that was Louise. Wonky. <laughs> that was Louise's monitor to the wobble when we mentioned lard there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you fried bread cooking fried there's somebody that says with the cooking if you fried the bread in it it was lovely another one says yes my mother used it for frying on the pan the cooking as well my uncle Peter Peter Woods used to work in the oil and cake mills in Drogheda and he'd arrive off to be mother every Sunday morning with a little parcel under his arm it was lard from the cake mills and they used it for frying during the week as well. I, I can certainly remember that now you remember this next one have you got a line yeah, up there yeah I actually thought that last one Dream that you topping. mentioned Dream was topping. similar to this. Okay. We'll see. Roll it there, Louise. Turn chocolate orange flavour Angel Delight into chocolate orange magic. There's a different idea on every pack of Bird's Angel Delight. Now, you... I remember that. Yes. It came in strawberry, banana, yeah. vanilla and maybe raspberry. Angel Delight. Do you see it nowadays? I just ask you this again. Is it about today? No. No. You don't... Really... I... I think I saw it Did now you? in recent years. Did you really? Mm, I think. Okay. Um, I could be wrong now. You? No, I think you can still get it. Can you still get it? You so. also mentioned a something in a packet that made, um, whatchamacallit, a dessert as well. What was that you were talking the about? The aspic jelly. No. No. No, the whole thing. It made the whole thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, was it? it was like trifle. Trifle. Birds. Birds trifle, trifle in a box. In a the box. whole trifle. Yeah. Everything came in a box. Yeah, and the jelly was all in granules. I remember that. And then, it, the, and then there was the custard, and then there was like, oh no, uh, creamy like a da- like like that. Um, Do you know why I'm going to get sick now? I love custard, but yeah. when you mention custard, I think of now. Now, please, <clears throat> my monitor could go here. Semolina <laughs> and tapioca. I love them. Oh my! God. I love them. Mummy used to always oh, give I'm them to us. I love puke. tapioca and semolina. Why do you not like them? I'm going to puke live on air. They're I'm lovely. going to throw tapioca up on the desk here. Sorry. Oh, little bubbles in them. Oh, no. Semolina was the yellow, really oh, rich. Why did you not like them? I, I don't know what they it was. They were gorgeous. It was like eating frog spawn. No, they were lovely. Ah, rotten. I just couldn't no. take them. <laughs> I'd still eat them now, actually. They were Would lovely. you? I presume really? you can still get them in the packets, make uh, them with milk. Well, I, I don't want I to know. know anything about them. Do you remember the Vesta curries? Did your dad have Vesta yes. curries? Did he? Yes. I don't remember them. I just remember them, him selling them. And I remember people telling me he sold them and them getting... Uh, Pat Coldrick, who's right. the classical the, guitarist The himself. great Pat. Hello, Pat. His yes. first curry was, he said, from my dad's shop in a Vespa curry. As was it? I don't remember them. Well, they were the... They were the like people thought, again, they were all dried ingredients. You had to rehydrate them in a box. And we thought we were, you know... We were from the far end of the world sitting eating them at the table. Oh, yes. When you think of them today, you know, what you can make fresh and from, uh, you know, your own spices and ingredients and you think of those dried out. Oh, no, no, not at all. Um, What else was that? No, butter, like butter, Mm. butter, 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 butter. I want to play this one. And this is, I'm I'm deviating a little bit here, Mm. but I want people to listen back to this one because I have very fond memories of this one. Do you remember this one, folks? Here we go. Some good ones. <laughs> Michael, would you ever get us a few potatoes? Those two French lads seem to be enjoying themselves. Allez, François, et les poissons. Hello. There is something I can help. Well, you could put a bit of butter on the spots, Andre. Ah, Kerry Gold. Love this in Ireland too. It goes without saying, the best tasting butter in the world. <laughs> 
two trout the boys are out fishing on the lake that's why I love it but that woman we, we had an eye for that woman when we were young Fliss. we <laughs> thought she was the sexiest woman alive on the Kerrygold ad you could put a little butter on the spuds on it. we were all dying to put butter on the spuds for her we never got the opportunity to anyway we're going to take a break on late lunch we'll be back with more uh, we're talking today about the foods retro of yesteryear the foodstuffs they eat a great many of these they peel them with their metal knives boil them for 20 of their minutes then they smash them all to bits they are clearly the most primitive people Smash, get smash. Oh, one of the greatest of all time. Would you still get smash yeah. in the shops? It's still available. Oh, well, I think so. I bought. I, I that was my COVID thing. People were stocking up on pasta and toilet rolls, and I bought about twenty packs of smash. Did you? Did you, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Did you use it? No. Louise. We're all out of date through the Oh my God almighty. I remember introducing you to the fishing community. They were horrified with me, the boys fishing. I said it was quicker than waiting for the spuds. Yeah. We'd whip it off. That's not bad. Put a lump of butter into a shirt. It was bloody grand. It, Harry it, Gold. It hit the spot. Yeah, a bit of butter on the spuds, Andre. A bit of butter on <laughs> the, the smash, Andre. We could get a new ad actually out of that one there. Uh, yes, Jerry, Angel Delight is still in the shop, says a listener. I bought it in Super Value the other day. A lovely taste to it. Jerry and Louise, the good old days in the good old days lots of exciting new fee- fee- foods were made in the margarine McDonald's factory in Drogheda and that is true it was the heartbeat of uh, new stuff for sure you must be the only one in the world that likes uh, I must be the only one that likes tapioca yeah mm. I think so they agree with me there uh, frog spawn for I'm sure I'm getting worried about myself now. <laughs> I think I'll have tapioca now again to see if I really do like it the other thing you remember you mentioned spaghetti you mentioned taking in foods or getting in foods for the mm-hmm. pandemic hula hoops we, we, the spaghetti in the tins you remember the long yeah. spaghetti and the tomato the ho- sauce yeah. oh, and you could get them if the, you have kids you could get them in different yeah. versions like Bob the Builder yes. or Barney or spaghetti in tins um, ready break oh I love ready break is it still about? I'm not I haven't sure. had it in years, but I, I remember getting it for the kids in a, a generic form. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, it probably is, but I'd say it's hard enough to get. Yes. But. Corn beef, spam. I, I bought a couple of I've tins of spam. I've never tasted spam. <clears throat> well, I bought a couple of tins of it. I have them in the press. I must open one of them. But I saw Alex Jones from The One Show on BBC with Mary Berry doing a wonderful recipe using spam from the tin, but frying it on the pan. And adding tapioca. And, and, oh, <laughs> be the Lord God Almighty. Will you stop? I'm getting queasy altogether. But Alex used it in a recipe and liked it. You know, those things, you can still get the spam, the corned beef, steak and kidney pies. Do you remember those? Yes. They're still there, aren't they? You can still get them, yeah. They, they the fall, made, in 1987, there were £1.7. pence. Are they in your dad's book? They are, yeah. A pound and seven pence? Yeah, don't know what they are now. Yeah. Frey Bentos I think made them or somebody like that I remember them in the tins again when we got we got them for the first time put them in the you put them in the oven don't you and bake them in the tin it burned the handy so. oh yeah and then you take them out and sure, sure they, were, they were lovely but well, cat, there was that much old pastry in them and everything. Yeah, it was say probably all pastry and very little yeah, meat. Yeah, cl- clogging the arse. Now, look, at the, they've come a long way, I'm sure, since then. But all those foods, amazing, isn't it, to think? And reflecting them, a lot of them not about today. And some of them still hanging in there. Gravy salt. Love to know what that is. Gravy salt. Yeah. I think there was just a... Is a, it granules? I think it was a written error there. It was gravy was, was supposed to be on one line and salt on the other. No, 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 no. I know <laughs> I know it is gravy salt. I do understand that. You would late lunch on LMFM Radio coming up after two. A Liverpool super fan and a local Liverpool supporters club doing something really special for the young man. But taking us up to top of the hour at two on late lunch this Friday afternoon. It's a lovely song. It's One Direction and Little Things just for you this afternoon. Your hand fits in mine like it's made just for me But bear this in mind, it was meant to be And I'm joining up the dots with the freckles on your cheeks And it all makes sense Great! I love TV! We watch TV? TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, 
Oh, I can still see them powering down the beach. What's the name of the TV show that is the theme from, please? Louise is delighted. There's one person in late lunch land. His name is Shay in Loud, and he loves tapioca. He says it was fab. So between himself and herself, they're forming a local tapioca club. Watch this space. We'll keep you informed over the coming days and weeks. How they get on? Yuck. Carol's shop in Kell stocks spam and corned beef. Jerry says another listener. And there's one for you. My husband, Jerry, actually bought Ready Breck last week in a shop. So there you go. It's still on the go. We were talking about foods of yesteryear just before two on the show. Now, let's move on on late lunch this afternoon. This story really took the world by storm. We're going to talk about next. Christmas Day gone by. Yes, Liverpool Football Club posted a video of a super fan from Monaghan. And guess what? 70 million people looked at it and tuned in and absolutely loved it. And he's been all over the place since. He's a superstar. He's on the line with me on Late Lunch today, along with his mammy. I want to say hello to Shelley and Dara Gorman. Hello to both of you. Hi, good afternoon. Hi. Thank you both Hi. for joining me on the show. I am really good. And we'll tell listeners why you're with me in a few minutes. But Dara, Dara, come on. What about your trip to Liverpool? When did you go over and when was all that recorded? Just remind our listeners. Um, um, I went over on um, the start of December. Yeah. And um, it, it, was, it was filmed during that and it was um, released on Christmas Day. Wow, 70 million and rising still, I have to say. They really did make you so welcome, didn't they, round yeah. Anfield? Tell us what happened. You got a tour of the training facility, yeah? Yeah, um, Jurgen Klopp was supposed to only spend about 10 or 15 minutes with me and he ended up spending 45 to 50 minutes with me and um, took me a tour around the whole training facility. It was amazing. Ah, oh, he's such a lovely, decent man, isn't he? And you yeah. met the superstars that put on the red short most salad, Dar- yeah. Darwin Nunes. Who's your hero? Uh, my favourite player is Luis Diaz. Uh, I, I don't know why. Day one, I fell in love with him. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know why him, but I just love him so, so much. Yes, and they made it extra special for you as well. And you went to the match. Who were they playing? Um, I went to the Fulham game um, when we came back from 3-2 three, three, down and beat them 4-3. Oh, it's a magic uh, game. I reac- should have seen the reaction. It was mental. <laughs> <laughs> we saw your... Re- we, you know what? You broke all our hearts when they sang You Never Walk Alone. We just saw that and you... That must have been such a special moment for you, was it? It was, yeah. For my dream to come true and listen to You'll Never Walk Alone in Anfield was mm. a day that I never, ever forget in itself. Never mind the tour from Klopp. Yeah, and uh, 4-3 a wonderful match I remember it well they looked down and out at one stage in the game didn't they but yeah. this Liverpool yeah. team are built of stern stuff aren't they they are yeah they can come back from it they can hope we win the league this season now that's all do you think they'll win it yeah yeah I think City are starting to find form but I don't think that they're going to win the league I think it'll be a Liverpool Arsenal title race but Mm. He'll be up there. It's, uh, Manfred will be up there. Well, let me in. Let me let you in a little secret. You're talking to an Arsenal fan here. Oh no way! Yes, <laughs> yes, you are. So we think we're in there as well. Do you know what? Yes. It's great, and and you know Villa and Tottenham are there as well, just below yeah. the the three we've talked about. And yeah. that's the way you want it. You wanted a real title race, don't you? You they're they're all in yeah. there, you know. And I yeah. listen between you and me. Don't tell anybody. I just hope City don't win it. Yes, yeah. Is that all right? Can we agree on that? I hope you. If we don't win it, I hope you win it, and and that they don't win it as well. That that, you know that it's one or the other. Um, Jurgen Klopp leaving. You must be devastated. Oh, yeah, I'm heartbroken. Can't Mm. believe. And Mm. he he knew whenever he was meeting me as well. Um, met me in December, and he knew by November. Mm. But I can't believe he's gonna go. Like I can't imagine Liverpool without Jurgen Klopp. Mm. But you know what? You see, you and all the other supporters at the club and players come and go. You know this. You're only a young fella. You'll see this in yeah. your time. I've learned it over the years. There'll be a new yeah. man in. What do you think? Uh, do you think Alonso's going to be the, the one? I do, yeah. Probably Alonso's really the only next next best manager that you can put behind Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I, I don't know. 
Yes, yes. Well, you know, he'd be a great one. To, I think he's going to win the league. Well, I hope he does in Germany with Leverkusen. And of course, he yeah. played for Liverpool. And, and I, 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 I think myself, there's a lot of work going on behind, behind the scenes. He, he most probably will be the next man. And he'll be a, a really great manager too. Um, yeah. You're supporting them from what age? What age do you start supporting them? Um, I've supporting them for, oh, I don't know, seven or eight years, I'd say. Yes. But I, I've really, the only time I really remember supporting them was, I'd say, 2019, I'd say, in the Champions League. Yes, I'd yes. They're watching the Tuesdays and Wednesday nights is probably the nights I look forward to the most in the week. Yeah, yeah, of course. Especially that, especially that Tuesday night against Barcelona. Oh. I'll stick in that Will you ever forget it? Do you know what I remember about that game? <clears throat> Trent Alexander and the corner. Do you remember? Or was it Robertson? Yeah. One of them took the corner, the, the full-backs, and caught yeah. Barcelona. Was it Trent that took it? Or, or, I think yeah, it Trent. Might, yeah, it was an incredible moment in that game. But what a comeback by Liverpool. It was just one of the probably the greatest games of all time. So yourself and your whole family were over there in December and loved it. Yeah, we were. Um I, I, today I'll never forget. Like yeah. the manager of Liverpool Football Club, Jurgen Klopp, took me around mm. the facilities yes. and I got to meet all my favourite players. It's a day that'll stick with me forever. I'd say it was good going into school uh, after that trip and telling everybody about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I couldn't really get much out of it. Um, yeah. There's only a few football fans in my classes. I couldn't get too much out of it. Yes. Because most of them would be like into their farming and all that. But I wouldn't. Yeah. I've gotten, there's a few Liverpool fans and there's a couple of United fans in it that I got a crack out of as well. But mm. that's really it. Have you the programme? A listener wants to know, Jerry. will you ask Jara, has he the programme from the Barcelona match? No, I don't. No. Okay, yeah, he, he, he hasn't, whoever you are, he hasn't. And I hope you're asking that for the reason that I believe you are. Anyway, he hasn't got the programme and he'd love it. You'd love that programme, wouldn't you? You really would. I know I'd that it, yeah. you would. Anyone can help us out there. That'd be great. I, I hope that message uh, might just lead to that uh, that being sorted for you. Now, on Monday night, the reason we're talking, we're going to talk to your man, ma'am in a moment. The Drogheda branch of uh, the Liverpool Supporters Club have invited you to Drogheda next Monday night for a huge night because you're the star of the show. Tell them who's co-starring with you. Um, me and uh, John Aldridge are <laughs> co-hosting it. I can't wait. It's, it's, I think I want to say a big thank you to Drogheda Supporters Club for inviting me over and uh, I can't wait to see everybody there on Monday night. Well, they're really looking forward to having you. I know this. You and Aldridge uh, hosting the show up on the stage in McHugh's on Monday night in Drogheda. It's going to be something else. And you met Aldo, didn't you, when you were in Liverpool? I did, yeah. In the Legends Lounge. We were in the Legends Lounge for the full match and he was one of the legends in it. Terrific. Terrific, terrific. I'm going to have a chat with your mammy. Stay there, Dara. I'm not done yeah. with you yet, but mam is listening in carefully there. Shelley, afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me on the show. What a wonderful young man you have. He is, yeah. We're very proud of him. I'm sure you are. But tell your listeners, he, he lives with a Cromelin syndrome. That's right, yes. Um, so he has no femur bones in both of his legs. Um, and he's missing his arms from his elbow down. And he was born uh, with this syndrome and That's he's right. had a lot of challenges in his early life and through his life. But this fella has something inside so strong, as the song says, hasn't he? He has. He has a great personality and he has a great outlook on life. Yeah. Um, yes, he has his challenges and ups and downs like everyone does, but he always manages to to fight through everything and you know he's had numerous surgeries he still has more surgeries to come in the future um, but he's so strong like as I say we're just so so proud of him and his Liverpool support is unquestionable he, he is a super fan you know you say that about certain people but Dara really is the quintessential super fan isn't he? He, he is 100% yes yes every single morning before he goes to school or on the way to school, he listens to you will never walk alone. And that kind of psychs him up for the day. And even then, you know, if there's a Liverpool game on, he's, he's you know, he's hyped up, he's buzzing, he's, he's just it's like electric. It's just, it's unbelievable. Mm. He 
such a massive fan. Yeah, yeah, he is. He really is. There's best wishes coming in to Dara from Sabrina, Peter and all at the Drogheda official Liverpool Supporters Club. We can't meet, wait to meet you and your family on Monday. It's going to be a great night, isn't it, Shelley, on Monday yeah, night? I'm sure you're yeah, looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it and thanks so, so much to Drogheda Liverpool Supporters Club and also to Pick Top Agency, which have been a great support to us over the last couple of months. So, um, Pick Top Agency is absolutely fantastic and the Drogheda Supporters Club we can't thank them enough for for what they're doing So it's Monday it's happening in McHugh's uh, on the Cord Road in Drogheda doors open at 7 the show's at 7.15 and you can book your tickets on eventbrite.com an evening with Aldo and Dara are you doing your homework Dara for Monday are you working already on on what you're going to ask and talk about and uh, you know the questions from the audience are you getting ready for it I am yeah um, I, I can't wait um, <laughs> Like to co-host the show, like I, I never thought that. I never ever do that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great, and the venue is going to be packed because they're all coming there to meet you, see you, and support you as well. You're a fantastic young man. So listen, before you go, Thanks. prediction for the weekend: they're they're away to Brentford, are they? Yeah. What um, do you think? Brent, Brentford are strong, but I'd say we'll beat them two or three. Let's say it'll be. It won't be an it won't be an easy match, but it'll be. Yeah. It'll be easy enough, but not too easy. Well, God, I hope you keep winning uh, games and uh, stay yeah. right in there with ourselves, Arsenal, and, and yeah. make it a real hot end to the season. And may the best oh, yeah. man win, except Manchester City, I say again. Exactly. That's simple yeah. as that. Except Manchester City, yeah. <laughs> I'm Aston Villa. I'm Aston Villa up there, There you go. Listen, you're a topper. You really are. Have a great night, Monday night. And thank you both yeah. for joining me on the show. Really lovely Thanks. to chat Thanks with so you. Much. Thanks a million. Thank Take you. care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. Thank Isn't he wonderful? That's uh, Dara and uh, Shelley Gorman there. Big night in store on Monday night. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Now, I've picked this comedy today in light of it being Valentine's Week and the Week of Love. I absolutely adore her. She's one of the most brilliant stand-up comedians of all. Sindhu V is her name. I've uh, brought her to you before. But here she is, girls, advising you how to win at marriage. But here's the thing about being married a very long time. You get to know each other so well, right? I mean, my husband knows me well. I know my husband so well at this point that we can have a full-blown argument from start to finish, and he's not even home. (laughs) You know? So, this year, I have been married 21 years. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know it looks like I could have been a child bride, which, where I'm from, totally possible. Anyway. (laughs) I wasn't a child bride. Anyway, so... uh, 21 years. And here's what I've learned in 21 years, that to stay married and stay happy, because it's not naturally the same thing, to stay married and stay happy, what you must do is keep your focus on what is important. See, I'll explain. The other day, my husband and I were having an argument, a face-to-face one, the one where he's actually at home. Um, We're having an argument. And, uh, well, I mean, I say argument. The fact is, after 21 years, my husband and I don't really have arguments. We have throwdowns. You know throwdown? Like MMA level. (laughs) Do you know what MMA is, sir? Yeah, marriage martial arts. Proper (laughs) MMA level. No matter what the topic, my husband and I both always bring it for everything. Because we know that after 21 years and three kids, nobody's fucking going anywhere. (laughs) Right? We are just trying to get to the end of this somehow. And also, you should know, like I told you, when I arrived here, I got a UK passport. My husband is Scandinavian. He didn't bother. And then we were having this argument, and he was like, I don't understand why you didn't do it this way. And I said, really, what I don't understand is why you don't fuck off back where you came from. (laughs) I cannot lie to you, it felt pretty good. (laughs) Oh my God, what a great phrase. I am totally on board with it now. Knock yourselves out. (laughs) Such a good feeling it gives you afterwards, you know? 
Um, listen, I didn't say that to my husband because I'm racist. I said that to my husband because I'm married. And anyone who's been married any length of time, five, seven, eight, nine minutes, it doesn't matter. You know what the most important thing is. It is to win. Yeah. If you want to stay married and stay happy, you must always be trying to win. And by the way, this is not a narrow, ego-based, selfish goal. Not at all. See, when you win, you feel better about yourself. Am I right? Yeah? You feel better about yourself, you feel better about the rest of the world. You are a nicer person, you are a better spouse. You do it for the health of the unit. <laughs> it is almost selfless, frankly. Let me tell you, there's so many techniques. I'll give you one more, which is when the correct occasion presents itself, very casually, make sure you lie to your spouse. Okay? But the key is the correct occasion. Don't lie about lightweight rubbish like, uh -huh, I didn't eat the last hobnob. Nobody cares, it is a biscuit. But equally, don't swing to the other extreme and lie about really important stuff. Like, what? <gasps> of course, no. This is your daughter. <laughs> no. Lie on the correct occasions, the sweet spot. Stuff like, uh, okay. What? Oh, honey, I booked our holiday that week. I had absolutely no idea your mother was coming. <laughs> And the reason you lie like this is when you do this, you keep your spouse mildly destabilized at all times. Right? And then you have more power, more power, higher chance of winning. Which you do for the health of the unit. There you go. Simple. Now, I know for a fact that there are married people in the audience and you're thinking, She's really funny, but we're so honest with each other, that's not how my marriage works. <laughs> You're thinking that, right? Yeah. Well, the reason you think that is because you are the loser. Yes, Cindy V and marriage and how to win, ladies. And your late lunch this afternoon. Coming up on the show in a wee while, I'm back in the garden. Yes, with Rosie May, the insomniac gardener. Her snowdrops, oh, to die. But we're talking snowdrops with Rosie in a wee while on the show. But before all that, yes, it's Survivor. And this one, I absolutely love it. Because, you see, there's a few reasons I love this song. I remember when it came out, and it was a huge hit at the time. But it always reminds me of the man who played again last night. Yes, the golfer, Tiger Woods, back in action last evening. And did quite well, shot a one-over par round. I watched most of his round when I went home last night. And I always think of him and his focus and his brilliance, and that he is the greatest golfer of all time. And it's wonderful to see him back. Will he ever win again? Who cares? He's done it all. But if he did, wouldn't it be simply magical? It would indeed. I'll dedicate this to Mr. Tiger Woods, back in the game. The Eye of the Tiger. I just had to come back in 2024. I couldn't leave it. What am I talking about? Yes, I'm back with Rosie May in our wonderful gardens near Slane in County Mead. And we stand at the gateway here in February. And I'm just looking at the name on the wonderful stone, which I never copped before. Muller Dillon House. Yes, Muller, I believe, means uh, crest of the hill. And Dillon is obviously a family name. And the house itself is here since the early 1800s. And the sheds, probably a little bit earlier, we think around 1791. But um, this beautiful stone here, it's an old millstone. And our dear friend and neighbour, Dermot, see it's broken at the bottom. And he had a stone yard and he very kindly gave this to us and said, now you go bring that off now and get the name put on it. We never even thought of it. And so it was Dermot who, who thought of that and we installed it here with oh gosh there was a teleporter and all sorts of <laughs> shenanigans to try and get that in because look at the size of it and then of course you know me had to plant some snowdrops. <laughs> I was just going to mention that because this is why I'm primarily here today to talk about the yeah. absolutely amazing display of snowdrops you had yeah. and here they are in front of the millstone at the gate on the way in and it's just an indication of what's to come. Let's <laughs> walk in through the gates here yeah. and on my left 
surrounding a copse of silver birch on the ground. Here they are, on cue, on time. What a display of snowdrops. I know, they are beautiful and I love the story associated with them. Uh, because I actually wrote a, a piece on my blog which was called The Snowdrop Thieves because my parents back in the 50s, you know the way you see snowdrops in, an, in a bank or an abandoned house or a ditch or something? And it's a, my father always said it's a sign that somebody once occupied that place. So never one to let an opportunity go by. They dug up the snowdrops from this old abandoned house in, I think somewhere in Dunsany, brought them to Dunshockland. They stayed there for about 60 years and when mum and dad died, I always said, I'm bringing the snowdrops and you know something? Thank God I did. So they're all from Dunshockland and we've divided them, Breda and I, over the nine years or so since daddy died. Um, We put them in first initially as a big clump and in fact I'm going to show you how we do it over there later on. The key is to keep them flowering and really in tip-top condition, the key is to divide them every few years. When You see they're starting to get huge, mm. huge clumps mm. and then over here, see there's only one or two because I'm trying to fill this empty gap here. So when once the flowers go over, I'll dig them up and it's really amazing <laughs> how rough you can be. You just dig them up, pull them apart and you don't even have to do a you know, proper hole or anything, just literally with the spade, put a put the spade into the ground, make a, a little kind of incision, rock it back and forth and slide in the bulbs. That's it. That's it. Now let me ask you this. For somebody who wants to begin yes. or start with snowdrops, yes. I've seen the little bulbs for uh-huh. sale in the shops. Can you go that route or are you better getting clumps of established ones or if someone donates some to you and start them that way? Well, that is actually the best question that you could possibly have asked because it is the one thing that frustrates beginner gardeners all over the all over the world as far as I can see. And I always get questions whenever I put up pictures of my snowdrops. People plant them and they plant them like they plant all their bulbs in, you know, autumn, say, like September, or even October, November. By that point, the bulbs have completely dried out and snowdrops do not like to dry out. So the, the expression they use is planting them in the green. And I remember 20 years ago, you couldn't find a snowdrop in a, a garden centre. But nowadays, there's lots of snowdrops potted up. And I know they may seem expensive initially, but I saw them the other day for 2 and there was at least six in the pot. Get those six, divide them into threes and, you know, put them in threes. And within about three to four years, you'll have big clumps like this. Because they're only there about eight years. Amazing. And, yeah. and you know, the reason I ask you that is I was one of those people who bought those yeah. dried out bulbs and I achieved nothing from them. Well, the only thing you could do is plant them. as You know the way they hit the shops in August? Get them then, plant them then, and I would soak them for a few hours, not overnight, but just a couple of hours to kind of plump them up. In fact, I put them once on a tray with just a skim of water and the base of the bulb. And it was interesting because the ones that were viable, a few little tiny roots, I do it with tulips as well, because sometimes you find tulips in, say, January, February, and they're in the 10% or the 50% off. And I do that. I put them into a, into a, a tray with water on it, and then off they go. They, get, they start off with their, their roots, you know. So. so let's continue as we walk here on the snowdrop theme. What are you going to show me? Now, I'm going to show you this clump here. Now, do you see all of the other clumps are quite nice and they've lovely flowers and everything? This one, what's wrong with that one, do you think? This one here. Very little flower on it, more green and looking a little sad perhaps, is it? Exactly. Well, that's because that's too crowded. So if you give me a minute, I'm just going to go and get that spade and um, I will, we'll divide them. Lovely. So as you uh, approach with your weapon, Mr. Spade, I mean, in peak flowering season yep. and you have no qualms about digging up and dividing even at this time. Absolutely not. And in fact, with the storms that we had a couple of weeks ago, later on, further up the garden there, we lost quite a few boughs and trees and everything and we have to get in there now and cut them down so because I know we're going to be stomping around the place and while I can see them I'm going to dig them up now and divide them this one doesn't matter anyway because it's not flowering okay so you're not going to damage them they really are tough and when you do replant them the best thing for snowdrops is leaf mold um, failing that a bit, a bit of your own compost and failing that just buy some nice compost or seaweed meal or something like that uh, you know and just put that into the planting hole now there's one great big clump lifted quite easily there because Absolutely. the ground is well sodden now. no bother and let me have a look in there let me see now so look ah. at this 
So when you pull this apart, in fact, when I moved my parents once, we were quite amused. It was like a block of flats. They were all, they'd all kind of, look, they'd all kind of piled on top of each other. Do you yes. see the... Yes, see? I see look, the bulbs in there. Now, look how, at many, them. how many hundred snowdrops do you think is in that? Oh, that's any amount. Probably about 200 snowdrops. Any there. amount, yes. Yeah. So now I'm going to bequeath this to you. Ah. And you are going to bring those home and you're going to have some of Mickey Kenny snowdrops in your garden. Lovely. And what I want you to do when you get home is take three. Yes. And you just literally plant them in threes and up to... Do you see the way that... that Cover the white. Cover the white of the stem, yeah, put it that deep. Exactly. And leave the green above the surface. And, leave, and it doesn't matter if they flop over and they look half dead because they're, they, they, they're coming to the end of their season anyway. But you just, if you want, you can put a little stick. My advice uh, to, to mark where they are is I always plant them near roses because that way they kind of benefit from a bit of the rose feed and also you'll know that they're under the roses. Yes. Because if you put them in the middle of the bed then there's nothing worse than flipping digging them up in the later part of the year, you know. So anyway, you bring those home if you like. Oh, I am so and, uh, grateful. I'll, while we're here actually, can I just point out something to you um, about snowdrops? Now there's a, I think there are now about two and a half thousand varieties of snowdrops. I hate using this word, but these are the common snowdrops, which um, there's nothing common about them. They're absolutely beautiful. But there are kind of two types. And the ones from Dunchocklin were uh, Galanthus nivalis. And I'm just looking around to see do I have any. Oh, yes. I'm just going to go up here. Do you see this one up here? Yes. Now, see, just that's just the simple Lovely. Snowdrop. And let me describe that, Felicity. There you have the three petals on yeah. the outside, and then three or four, is it many on three, the inner? Three, three. Yes, three white petals on the yeah. outside, three tinged with green on the inside, yeah. and the little yellow heart. Right. Which is actually beloved by any of the early bees or anything like that. Mm. And then just, it's amusing because when we moved here 21 years ago, there wasn't one plant apart from the big trees, or so we thought, because we moved in in December. And then I was absolutely delighted to see along here lots of snowdrops. And if you look at this one, this is another common snowdrop, but this is called Flora Plano and it's a double. Oh, yes. Isn't that so pretty? Isn't it look. beautiful? There's double the number yeah. of leaves, outer and inner, on that one yeah. as well. Isn't it just gorgeous? It's mm. so pretty. And, you know, I actually was recently in Altamont Gardens down in Carlo. And they have the most beautiful collection of snowdrops. All of these most unusual ones. And I know I know nothing about them now. I have bitten the bug because I swore I wouldn't. But now I have... <laughs> thanks, Robert. I've started to uh, collect the different varieties of snowdrops. And it's funny because I think um, they call them galanthophiles, um, people who collect these snowdrops. And you can see the obsession because it's just so amusing to see people down on their hands and knees in February in the cold and they're ooing and aahing over the various different little markings I don't, as I say I just know which ones I like and yes. I buy them sometimes because I like the name or because they're definitely they look different from these ones and I can show you some of the different ones if you'd like yeah we'll go there and look as, as we walk there I have to say the reason people love them is because they are the first flowers of spring really you know yeah. in, in, a, in a general sense for people how many varieties do you reckon you have oh um i've gone from having the two uh to now having about 25 <laughs> <laughs> and counting and for listeners today you know they appear in february they appear early you know the winters are getting milder as well is it a short season when will you see the first of them when will you wave goodbye to them Actually, that's it. Again, that's brilliant. And, and I, I did not know this until I started collecting all these posh snowdrops, as I call them. Um, a very good friend gave me some uh, two years ago and I planted them up there because I wanted them to be separate from all of these great swathes of, the, of, of snowdrops. And I was astonished. They came out in December. So in fact, and another um, gardening pal, he has the most amazing collection of snowdrops. And his, I think he was starting to put up photographs in early October. So they can go all the way through right until kind of March. Some of them are not out yet mm. and some of them start before Christmas. And in fact, I was at um, a snowdrop weekend in uh, RHSI Belfield um, at the weekend. And oh my goodness, it was just wonderful and heartwarming to see just all the different types and all these different people so interested in snowdrops. <laughs> I say I'm with Mammy Snowdrop today <laughs> and Rosie May. Oh gosh, really? I, I, I absolutely not. But I'm going to stop you here at this beauty. Isn't that gorgeous? That's called Comet. 
Look at how tall it is. Oh yeah. And you see the glaucus kind of greeny, mm. greeny leaves. Now there's lots of different. I know. No, I, I, I'm actually very ignorant when it comes to all the you know proper Latin names for the different types. As I say, I just like these different ones. Um, this one is a case in point here. Now do you see that? It's actually longer. See the flower? Oh yes. So it's, it's really it's much bigger. And I got that because um, my dear friend, uh, her mother's name was was Brenda. Mm. And I got her a few and I got some for myself. So this is Brenda Troil. So I just thought it was really lovely. And I love the fact that it's clumped up really well. This one, is see, it's more closed. That's called Cool Ballantaggart. And this one is a very famous one. That's S. Arnott. And do you see, this one has gone over already. So yeah, it's I, gone. I it's actually faded nearly. Oh, look at this. It's got a yellow. Look at the yellow. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? A little yellow round bulb at near the, the stem and yeah. then the snowdrop hangs yeah. from it. Yeah, and it's called Spindlestone Surprise. And then this little delight. You see, this is, you know, ignorance is bliss. I'm going to have to move these because, you know, I, I thought all snowdrops were the same and they're not. Look how tall these are. Look how tiny this one is. Mm. And that's called Puck. And with, you know, just a nod to Shakespeare, I just decided I'd had to have that. Isn't that so pretty? Absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) And then this mad one over here, that came from about five snowdrops that I bought um, probably about four years ago. And look, that's called Jacquinetta. And if I may just turn over. Oh, more green dominated than white, to be honest with you in the flower. There are oh, oh, so many. I just have to say your garden is adorned with them all over the place. It's been fantastic. It's the start of the year. I'm out and about. I'm in the gardens. And do check her out, the Insomniac Gardener. Thank you for guiding us through snowdrops today. And we're going to do this each time I return here. We're going to focus on a flower, as I said, a shrub or a tree. (laughs) Rosie May, until March, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Ah, the lovely messages, Louise, there coming for uh, Dara Gorman. He is such an inspiring young man, isn't he? He really, really is. Anyway, Monday night, McHugh's in Drogheda, a must for Liverpool fans. John Aldridge and Dara uh, presenting a night of chat about all things Liverpool and football. Eventbrite, uh, Dara and uh, Aldo, you'll see the tickets there and I'm sure you can pop along on the night. They'll take your cash at the door. Well done to the Liverpool Drogheda the Supporters Club for that one. A lovely, lovely gesture indeed. There's three in now. There's three in membership. Yes. I, I thought there was only two. I just see the three. Hi, uh, Jerry and Louise. Uh, here is another tapioca lover. I also spotted s- steak and kidney pie in tins in super value. Five seventy nine each. Yucks is telling. <laughs> anyway, there's three. There's three in the tapioca. Tapioca the Rocks n- fan club. N- newly formed fan club. <laughs> 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 on late lunch uh, this afternoon. I was just uh, saying, uh, isn't that shocking? Alexei Navalny mm. has died in prison in the extremes of Russia. And Arctic, yeah. it's shocking. It really is shocking. He led the opposition to uh, Putin in Russia. But you see, there's no opposition to Putin in Russia. That's the problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's gone full circle. The, the, the iron curtain fell, but there's certainly an iron fist back at this stage that's for sure and uh, it's shocking but there's a lot of support for Navalny within Russia that you don't hear about either uh, it's suppressed and uh, it's not a place I'd like to live you know it, it really mm-hmm. isn't a country I'd like to live in you know I, really that there is n- no freedom of expression at all no freedom we give out yards you know yourself be giving out for this yep. country and that and the other but just think of what that man went through and his family and what people like him go through as well that can't are not entitled to a say. So when you're thinking that your lot is not great or this country is a kip, as you'd hear some people saying, think about it. Think about it a lot more because there are a lot worse places in the world you could live and this is a great little spot overall, I have to say. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Friday afternoon. David Sheaton's in studio with his preview of the sporting weekend and I will round off my week of Bob Marley. Call coming up after three. But taking us up to top of the hour, it's the woman of the moment. Taylor Swift and Cruel Summer. I hope she's wrong. We need a good bloody summer. Hi, I'm Taylor Swift. Your music, your station, LMFM. People dream high in the quiet of the night. You know that I caught it. Bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price. You know that I bought it. Killing me slow out the window. I'm always waiting for you to be waiting below. 
Yes, I'd move that rose if I were you. I was in the garden a little while ago with the insomniac gardener, Rosie May. And this is the time of the year to plant roses. They're on sale everywhere and it's the ideal time just before the growth starts to move that rose. Alan Jackson, thank you so much for your kindness. Uh, We were talking to uh, Dara Gorman and his mum, Shelley, a little while ago. Mega Liverpool fan and uh, the Drogheda Liverpool Supporters Club. A big night on Monday night with Dara and John Aldridge. Alan was in touch because he said the great game that Liverpool-Barcelona was a few years ago in the Champions League was unbelievable. Alan has a programme for the match and he's going to give it to Dara. Alan, you're so kind. That's Alan Jackson in Dulig from Qualitas Electronics. Thank you so much indeed for your kindness. That young boy will really, really love that gesture. He really will. Ashtori Nabonia, Trihid Art Centre tonight. Somebody was there last night. They said it was absolutely fantastic. Let's roll this now and reprise. Ah, yes, it's Baywatch. Down the beach we go in the uh, red swimsuits. That's the girls, of course, not the lads. Anyway, well do I remember it. And lots of you did too. And today our winner is Caroline Hannon. Well done to you. Got it right. And thanks to everybody who sent in the answers. Almost 100%, well, in fact, 100% uh, correct there. Now, it's time to do this for the final time this week on Late Lunch. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week It is Bob Marley all week and his biopic movie is released today in Ireland July 77 Marley was diagnosed with a type of malignant melanoma under his right big toe He was advised by doctors to have his toe amputated but he refused to on many grounds including his beliefs and how it would hamper him performing and he had the nail removed and some work done but not the toe itself He ploughed on, worked on and toured and he uh, had many many big shows across the world His last concert actually took place uh, at Stanley Theatre in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on the 23rd of September 1980 Shortly afterwards, his health really deteriorated as the cancer spread throughout his body. He tried alternative cancer treatments, especially around the whole area of what he ate, etc. But no go with that. And unfortunately, he passed away on the 11th of May, 1981, aged just 36. He received a state funeral in Jamaica some days later. He is a national hero. To round off, Bob, this afternoon on Late Lunch... It's one of his greatest. Yes, no woman, no cry. Bob Marley. Marley, my artist of the week, no woman, no cry. Rounding off a week of Bob in words and song. And don't forget his biopic, the new movie, is released in Ireland today. Final break of the afternoon on the way. And we've just intercepted him on his way to Derry City. Yes, David Sheehan with his uh, weekly sporting preview for the weekend ahead with me next. Big kickoff tonight. League of Ireland, Premier Division and First Divisions get going. And he's in the house first today because he's on his way to Derry to see Drogheda up there in the brandy. Well, David Sheehan, thanks again for joining us on the show. Well, it all kicks off tonight. The greatest league in the world. I laugh when I see that. Mm. I, but like people who love it say that anyway. Okay, so both of the uh, clubs from the northeast away from home tonight. Let's start with Dundalk. They play Shamrock Rovers, the champions in Tala. Lots of newcomers to the Dundalk side and Rovers. Well, they won the Presidents Cup comfortably this season. Mm. Curtain raiser added a couple of players. They're the ones to beat again, aren't they? 
Absolutely are, yeah. And I think, you know, you look at the dock signings and even this week there were a few more players coming in the door. I think they've 11 new new players in now. Um, I think four of them are on loan. They were at Pains, or not at Pains necessarily, but the last the last loan signing that was made, Zach uh, Johnson there during the week, not to be confused with the golfer obviously, but is in on loan from Sunderland and you know they said in the in the press release the fourth and final loan because the loan signings as we know can be can be a big help but then in the middle of the season you tend to lose them so you don't want to have too many uh, and you lose them in the middle of the campaign and then things fall apart a little bit so lots of new players in I think Cohen Osterbrink is uh, Osterbrink who who is one of the earlier ones they brought in actually and I think a lot of people have a bit of hope in him in midfield doing doing a good job for them and also uh, Jamie Gullen the striker from Wraith came in a lot of Scots in that in that Dundalk squad now as there were a few last year but a few more this year as well um, so away to Shamrock Rovers tonight clearly he couldn't get a more difficult start and Okay, the St. Pat's keeper last week didn't have a, a great night, but done, or but Rovers certainly looked like the team to beat. Haven't made a huge amount of signings. They brought mm. a few players in. Dara Burns, obviously back in the league after being away and had been at St. Pat's a few years ago, so he's come back in. And but it's mostly the same set of players that they have. I thought, I actually thought they might make a late bid for Patrick Huben and really throw a cat amongst the pigeons. That didn't happen. They're obviously happy enough with what they have up front. But yeah, Shamrock Rovers the ones to beat. A fairly settled lineup you'd imagine from them tonight we know Alan Manis has gone Leon Poles is in and Nets but from Dundalk's point of view I mean could anyone tell me right now what Dundalk's 11 is going to be and this mm. is this is true of lots of clubs of course yes, yes. but that's that's what I mean about the start of the season it's very difficult to, to know how teams are going to settle down how new players are going to settle down you know how formations are going to work out I remember a few years ago and we'll get to draw it in a second but draw the start of the season I think the first couple of games they went with a back three and, and wing backs remember we chatted about it before and it was a bit of a disaster it didn't work they went to a flat back four and things kind of picked up from there so so Stephen O'Donnell and every other manager in the division who have a lot of new players in are going to have to try and figure out first of all what's their best 11 second of all what's the best formation with those players and how do they accommodate everybody as they as they want so uh, and you're finding out about whether players are good enough for that level so Stephen O'Donnell Kevin Doherty Stephen Bradley whoever it might be today will have an eye on a handful of lads that they think okay these lads are going to be the backbone of my team one or two of them might prove not to be as good as they thought or not be as fit as they thought or whatever it might be so um, really difficult to, to, to call the, the, the league as a whole we'll get to that shortly too but I mean, you'd probably have to put the money on Rovers tonight. The smart money would be on them. Um, I would, I'm would. i really hoping we see a good performance from Dundalk and that those new players come in and hit the ground running. But it's so difficult when, when a group yes. of new players come together so late in the day. Um, so I think Stephen O'Donnell will be looking for a performance tonight and maybe you know some defensive solidity and something that he can work on. Um, but Rovers at home open a night of season going to be a huge crowd there they'll be they'll be really gunning and there's a bit of history there as we well know between Rovers and Dundalk so Shamrock Rovers will be looking to go out and put down a marker early on in the season they were a little bit slow to start last year they won't want to do that this year so um, I think Shamrock Rovers will win that one tonight and maybe reasonably comfortably because it's, it's very hard to know but we'll, we'll wait and see hopefully Dundalk will, will be able to put in a, a really good performance and those new players will settle in but it's going to be tricky for them I think Rovers will certainly win it Drogheda go to the Brandywell another very sticky uh, mm. start for them as well Derry will be expected to challenge Rovers one of the main challengers this year they have who been in their lineup and have signed a few players Drogheda as well have signed and signed early and got players in early uh, lost a couple as well the centre half is a big loss I think to them in particular we'll see how that goes again it's hard to see them getting anything in Derry yeah it is really but like I mean they went up there last year and got that surprise win and, and mm. we talk about lone players Lee Chow who was on loan last year along with Freddie Draper the first half of the season got that winning goal I think they were down to 10 men in that game as well I think Manny Attic Boyega was sent off that day so yeah, they have plenty of players in, as you said, and as and like you said there, Jerry, which is a good thing. They got a lot of that business done early. I think they got Sishi uh, Mbawa in a couple of weeks back, and that was kind of the last sign. Dave Webster as well, but a lot of the others, France Piero came in early, Jack Keeney came in early, Andy Quinn was back in, Connor Kane was on loan last year from Shells, and then signed. They got Oshin Gallagher and Hayden Canyon on loan from Lincoln again. That Lincoln relationship has served them very well over the last few years, and hopefully will do again this season. So. Notable absentees from last season, obviously Connor Keeley, as he said, and, mm. and Dale Rooney, the other one. Mm. But I was looking through the list of departees from from both clubs, uh, from Dundalk and Drogheda, and other than Keeley and Dale Rooney, like Dylan Grimes was was decent last season, but was injured for most of the second half of the season. Other than that, you had a lot of bit part players, Charlotte Jones, Jamie Egan, who played a few games here and there, but weren't like mainstays in the team. So you could argue that really Connor Keeley and Dale Rooney are the two main losses from that squad. And have they replaced them sufficiently? I would like to think so. I think Jack Keeney and Andy Quinn are both very good signings. 
Ireland. Um, Piero is the one we're all looking to see, isn't it? 22 goals last year. Will he f- get the goals? Will he get the goals? 22 last year in the first division. You'd imagine he should be able to transfer at least, you know, I don't know, a, a percentage of that form across to the Premier. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how it goes. I wouldn't rule them out for sneaking something against Derry. Derry will have opening night nerves. There is pressure on Rory Higgins. Um, you'd have to, again, you'd have to fancy Derry to get the win. But I wouldn't rule draw it out from sneaking something. You never know. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Perro and how he gets on. Both games online on lmfm.ie this evening. Where are they going to finish in the table on the spot quick as you draw can draw the sixth on dog seventh okay <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive quickly through on dog tonight on the way home <laughs> on to GAA what a game the weekend Meath against Louth in the National Football League Division 2 in Park Talton going to be a huge crowd there you can listen to the game here on LMFM Radio of course well as a Meath man are the Royals going to Clip their neighbours. Oh, Jerry, I won't be able to show my face down Trimgate Street for the next couple of months after this. Um, the, you'd have to put the, the, the money on loud to win this game. You really would. I was up at the game against Armagh a couple of weeks ago for me. They started the game quite well and then they just fell asunder after that and were, were really bad. We were badly beaten that day. Loud were pipped by Armagh and like the final insult for a Mead man at that game, there were a couple of Armagh fans behind me and about half or two to the second half I heard one of them going, God, Loud were much better than this last week and I was thinking to myself, right, that's, <laughs> that's the sign. So Mead were disappointing at the last day. Loud, Pipped by Armagh the first day, a really gutsy win against Cork the last day. And they looked like they've carried on where they left off under Mickey Hart. The players were all adamant that this wasn't the Mickey Hart team, this was a loud team. And Joe Brennan's come in and has kept more or less things as they were, one or two new faces, but broadly speaking, it's the same. Colm O'Rourke's still trying to kind of work with a very young group of players, and you know, they're finding life difficult in Division Two again. They've they've loud on Sunday at home meet and then they've killed the next day at home and they really need to win. If they don't win, never mind winning one of them, they need to win both of those games to, to have any chance of staying up, I would say. Um do I think they'll win on Sunday? I would have to it breaks my heart to say, Jerry, I'd have to tip loud to win that game. Never mind going down Trimgate Street. You mean walk out that door because your fellow county woman, Louise, has just roared into my ear. I'm like you too. Traitor. I'm like you tipping tipping against Arsenal every week, hoping that it'll hoping that it'll come back around, you know. Uh, anyway, look, it's going to be a great occasion, and they'll both give it their all and uh, made the best side win a, a local derby in Division Two. Onto the ladies quickly. Meath have Armagh at home in Division One. Uh, loud on the road to Wexford in Division Three. Yeah, Meath and Armagh both with 100 percent records in that division, as have as have Kerry. So Meath have started the game or this, the campaign really well. Ex Armagh coach and manager. Um, Shane McCormack over me this year so that adds a little, a little bit of intrigue me at home I give them the nod to just squeak that one I'll be at that one myself on Sunday online coverage as well and then uh, Loud against uh, Wexford Loud only one win from the three games so far Wexford uh, won two out of three and at home you'd probably have to give Wexford yeah. a nod there mm, there you go anyway we won't even talk about the Premier League in soccer we let that take care of itself for this week the League of Ireland begins tonight the greatest league in the world if only there were stadiums to match but we won't get into that one today David Sheehan thank you safe journey to Derry and thanks for joining us again on the show that's a lot on late lunch for this week big thanks to all my guests who joined us during the week to you our listeners who are with us every day thank you for your company and to my producer Louise Wall couldn't do it without her thanks a million Louise that's it Paul McKenna's on his way with the drive here on LMFM radio have a lovely weekend and do make sure you're back to join us on Monday for a brand new week of late lunch from 1.30 we'll see you then 